Hello and welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French. Thank you so much for joining me. Today is Tuesday in the third week of Advent, and it also happens to be the Feast of St. John of the Cross. Today's homily is entitled Good Christians in inverted commas, and we're reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Let's begin. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He went and said to the first, My boy, you go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not go, but afterwards thought better of it and went. The man then went and said the same thing to the second, who answered, Certainly, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the father's will? The first, they said. Jesus said to them, I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you a pattern of true righteousness, but you did not believe him. And yet the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. Even after seeing that, you refused to think better of it and believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. So in today's gospel, Jesus is once again sparring it out with the Jewish leadership. If we look to the verses immediately preceding today's text, we'll notice that they're in the middle of an argument over where John the Baptist received his authority to baptize. Jesus has the Jewish elders on the ropes because if they admit John's baptism was from God, then they would be obliged to believe him and recognize his authority as legitimate. But if they say his baptism was merely a human invention, then they would be in opposition to the huge groundswell of people who were believing in him and being converted by him, and they might have a riot on their hands. The Jewish elders are, therefore, stunned into silence, and because they can't answer Jesus' simple question, he reveals them to the crowd as being insincere in their interrogation. In other words, Jesus exposes them as being more politically motivated than religiously motivated. In today's gospel, Jesus uses a parable to drive home his point. He tells the story of the two sons. Their father tells them both to go and work in the vineyard. The first one says no to begin with, but then later decides to obey his father. The second says yes up front, but never never carries out the father's command. The moral of the story is obviously that the first son did the better thing. Jesus applies this parable to the Jewish elders and he says, I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you a pattern of true righteousness, but you did not believe him. And yet the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. Even after seeing that, you refused to think better of it and believe in him. In other words, those whose lives were characterized by obvious and public sins, like theft and fornication, said no to God up front. But then they recognized his need, their need for his mercy, and thus turned to him when he sent a prophet preaching repentance, John the Baptist. But when that same message came to the religious leaders, it fell on deaf ears because they assumed themselves to be holy, to be quote-unquote good people, 
to have said yes to God, especially when compared to the manifest and the public sins of others. Unfortunately, the elders didn't recognize within themselves the much more deadly sin of pride. When pride creeps in and takes possession of our hearts, it silences the voice of God in us and replaces His will for us with the desires of our own ego. Even as regular practicing Catholics, we can be fooled into thinking that we've said yes to God, but then fail to hear Him when He begins calling us to greater holiness. How then do we recognize this pride? We will know that this pride is gaining a purchase in our hearts if we begin thinking of ourselves as quote-unquote good Christians in not much need of any further improvement in the spiritual and moral life. But the fact is that God is perfect in every way, which means there is always room for greater perfection in us. Whenever I read the writings of the saints, I'm always struck by how often they consider themselves to be the greatest of sinners. Even though they have reached a high level of perfection in prayer and the moral life, because of their immense love for God and their knowledge of his perfect love for them, they see even the smallest of sins as needing heartfelt repentance. St. John of the Cross, whose feast day we celebrate today, was a great advocate for always pushing further in the way of perfection and holiness. Just as Christ was calling the elders today to look beyond their pride, John of the Cross likewise encourages Christians to do the same if we are to truly grow in sincere holiness. For the sake of our reflection today, I would like to end with this quote, taken from John of the Cross's mystical masterpiece, The Dark Night of the Soul. He says, Many of these beginners in the spiritual life want God to desire what they want, and they become sad if they have to desire God's will. They feel an aversion toward adapting their will to God's. Hence, they frequently believe that what is not their will, or that which brings them no personal satisfaction, cannot be God's will. And on the other hand, if they are satisfied, then God is satisfied too. They measure God by themselves, and not themselves by God, which is in opposition to Christ's teaching in the Gospel that those who lose their life for His sake will gain it, and those who desire to gain it will lose it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me spread the word and the average shepherd, you can do so by leaving a positive five-star review and sharing these podcasts on social media with friends and family. Thank you and God bless.